a silent figure emerged from the waters of the great river, crawling up onto the bank, then slipping into the reeds of the shore. It made its way through the fields of grass, dancing in the cool midnight air beneath the light of the stars. Up ahead, a tall stone structure sat among the grass, the single light of a lantern from the top of the tower casting long shadows upon the grey mortar walls. The figure now crouched among the grasses at the base of the structure, and watched the flickering light of the lantern as it bobbed up and down with the watchman as he paced around the watchtower. There were voices above as a door opened. She could not make out words, but the light of the lantern switched hands as the door shut again. The shift change. The figure hugged the wall as she made her way to the front of the structure, which she could now see was made up of a tower and a large courtyard surrounded by walls. She neared the corner of the walls and peered around. Two guards were squabbling about something outside the main gate of the courtyard. The figure made her move. She took an empty glass bottle from a concealed pocket and threw it around the corner into the grass. It landed on a rock and shattered. The guards went quiet. What was that? She heard one of them ask, and they both looked at each other, then slowly approached the supposed source of the noise. Who's there? The other shouted, hand on the hilt of a sword. Show yourself! The figure then left her position around the corner and eased her way towards the gate. She tugged on the large latch, but found it was locked. She cursed under her breath. Must have been the wind, the first guard shrugged and began walking back to his post right where the figure was crouching among the grass. She surveyed her options, glancing up at the wall and then to the tower. Just then, the gate swung open, narrowly missing the figure as its hinges creaked and another set of guards appeared. Shift change, one of them said to the existing guards. Thank goodness, I was starting to hallucinate back there. The first guard wiped imaginary sweat off his brow and turned to leave his post as the new guard took his place. The figure took the opportunity. She sprinted through the grass and around the corner of the courtyard wall, ducking into the shadow of night again. Hello, adventurers, and welcome back to the Narthonia Chronicles. This is episode 9, and the first episode of season 2. I have to thank you all so much for returning to the show for the second season, and for all the support you've shown after the first. Before we begin the episode, however, I have a few quick announcements. First up is my upload schedule. From here on out, I'm hoping to get an episode out once a week, though there may be some weeks where that simply can't happen due to real-life things going on. But if I do stick to it, episodes should come out every Tuesday at 5pm Eastern Time, wherever you're listening right now, alongside wherever else you could find a podcast. Second things second, I want to take a minute to talk about our amazing TNC Discord server. It's a place where all fans of the podcast can talk about their theories, receive special announcements and secrets, and just hang out with other fans. If you're interested, the link is in the podcast description below. Now, let us begin Season 2 of the Narthonia Chronicles. Two adventurers met in a tavern in the small town of Wellsbrook. They were sent on a mission by the town council to eliminate their biggest threat, a young white dragon. Along the way, they gathered both friends and enemies, and eventually learned that their destinies were intertwined more than they ever could have believed. But they still shared a common goal, 
save Wellsbrook and find a way to get far, far away from their main rivals, the Pots. A vicious fight ensued at the Dragon's Lair, but thanks to a blessing from the universe, they were victorious, striking down the dragon together and being pulled into the world of Narthonia. The Chronicles of Narthonia, Episode 9, New Beginnings. Whoa, Eclipse said, letting out a sigh of relief. We made it! Helda took Zeriel's hands and smiled up at her. We did. She smiled back. The adventurers stood on a large dirt path leading through an orchard. The trees were arranged in neat, organized rows and bore small pink fruit that none of them had ever seen before. The sky was a bright blue and fluffy white clouds lightly drifted on the wind. A few hundred yards behind them stood a small wall, marking the end of the orchard, over which they could see the beginnings of a thin forest. Helda dropped Cyril's hands and looked around in awe. Her eyes landed on a particularly large pink fruit dangling from the higher branches of one of the trees. She walked over and started climbing up the thin trunk, grabbing onto a lower branch and pulling herself up. Then, suddenly, she lost her balance and slipped off the branch. Eclipse, however, was waiting and ready below her, and laughed as she fell. Haven't you had enough excitement for today? She plopped Hilda back down on the ground beside her and reached up towards the branch, easily grabbing it and bending it down into Hilda's reach. The halfling smiled up at Eclipse and picked the large fruit off the branch, juice rolling down her chin as she bit into its soft flesh. Mmm! Tastes like... I don't really know. She shrugged and took another bite. Zeria laughed. Gregory hopped over to the edge of the path and latched onto a smaller fruit with his tongue, pulling it in and swallowing it whole. He croaked in approval. Hello? Is there someone there? A voice in the distance pulled them back into reality. Zeriel immediately pulled up her hood and retreated behind Miku, who subsequently placed a hand on the hilt of her short sword. Eclipse and Helda backed into the group, though Helda kept quietly munching on her prize. Gregory ducked behind Eclipse's legs. Hello? A figure rounded the corner a few rows up. Miku gasped. Hazel-tinted fur covered his body, and small, pointed, fox-like ears protruded from a large tuft of hair on his head. A hole was cut in his overalls to allow two fluffy tails to swish in the wind as he caught sight of the party and walked towards them. Miku slowly took her hand off her scabbard and took a step forward. He was a kitsune, too. He approached the party and surveyed them, from Eclipse's tall demeanor to Gregory, still hiding behind her legs. Is there a reason you folk are walking through our land? The path is just over that way. He set the woven basket of pink fruits he was carrying down. I... Miku tried to speak but couldn't find the words. Helda stepped forward. We're so sorry, sir. We're new around here and seem to have lost our way. He eyed the fruit she still held in her hand, and she quickly brought it behind her back, then blushed. He let out a chuckle. Well, if that's the case... Lila! He called back into the orchard. We have visitors! A female cream-colored kitsune rounded the corner. She carried two baskets of fruit on her shoulders, and two bright purple eyes lit up when she saw the party. Oh, how lovely! She set her baskets down against a tree and walked up to the party, eyeing their slightly tattered appearance. Oh my goodness! Are you alright? You folk look like you've had a squabble with a dragon! 
She laughed, but the party only looked at each other, holding back their laughter. Oh, where are my manners? I'm Lila, and this is my brother- I think I can introduce myself, Lai. The other Kinsune placed a hand on her arm and took a small step forward. I'm Kindle, and if you need anything, and I mean anything, we're- Oh, please, won't you stay for supper? I'm making my famous rabbit stew! Lila interrupted her brother as she took the hands of Miku, who jumped at the touch, but quickly relaxed and smiled. We'd love to stay. Well, that's different. What happened to trust no one, always slightly alert, slightly paranoid, Miku? Eclipse muttered to Hilda. Oh, please. We could all use a good meal after the day we've had. I'm sure she'll return to her old self in the morning. Oh, this is simply wonderful! Lila exclaimed. Come on, we'll show you around. Miku gladly followed, Gregory close behind. Hilda and Eclipse hesitated, but quickly caught up. Zerio, however, seemed wary. Hood still pulled up in the back. Hilda turned back to her. Zerio, are you coming? Yeah, I'll be right there, she said, muffled by the hood. She jogged a bit to catch up with the group. The two fox people led them down the rows of fruit trees, telling them about their orchard as they walked. So, where's the nearest town? Eclipse asked after a while. Oh, well, you can't see it right now, but we're actually on the outskirts of Midhaven. It's only a bit down the road. In fact, our plum fruits, along with those of the others who own orchards nearby, make up a lot of the town's exports, Lila explained. They were now approaching a small house nestled among the trees. It looked very cozy, decorated with spruce planks and ornate carvings in the wood banisters. The two kitsune led them up a few stairs and opened the front door. The inside was just as sweet and cozy. A small table and sofa beside a fireplace sat in one corner, and a kitchen area in the other. Miku glanced at a clock hanging on the wall. It read about 4 p.m., surprisingly the same time it had been in the common realm. It was hard to believe their fight with the dragon was only half an hour ago. Supper should be ready in about an hour, Lila told them as she made her way to the kitchen area and pulled out a large pot. How about I take you guys into town and show you around, said Kindle. I have a few errands to run anyways. Oh, yes, Helda exclaimed and looked up at Miku. She nodded her approval and smiled down at the halfling. Whoa! Hang on, Eclipse said from behind Miku. Can we talk? All of us. A little... team meeting? Miku turned around to face Eclipse and Gregory, along with Zeriel, who still stood in the doorway, hood up. I guess so. Why? she replied. I just think we need to regroup a little. Some of us are a little off, considering the day we've had. Oh, Okay, then. Miku turned back around to Kindle. You go ahead into town ahead of us. We'll find our way. Alrighty, then, Kindle said, and walked past them out the door, grabbing a small basket of plum fruits that sat on a nearby shelf on the way. Lila was busy in the kitchen, so they sat down outside on the front porch and closed the door behind them. They hadn't realized how tired their feet were from the long day of traveling and then their fight with the dragon until they were all deep into one of the small rocking chairs or leaning against a wall. They all looked out over the sea of pink-fruited trees and out to the forest beyond. A path ran from the house out to where they assumed the main road was, and Kindle was making his way down it towards town. They sat for a moment in silence, appreciating the calm. Then Eclipse took the sword from its sheath on her back and placed it on the boards that made up the porch at Gregory's feet. "'Actually, I don't need this anymore,' the frog said without touching the sword. 
This world allows me to speak without needing to channel power through the sword. Oh, that's wonderful, Helda said, patting Gregory on the head. He smiled. Cyril sat on the floor by the railing, looking out over the orchard. Why don't you take down your hood now? Helda asked. Ziriel turned to face her. I can't. She pulled her hood up farther over her face. She was still tense from the fight, and Hatton relaxed as the others had done when they came out onto the porch. She sat fidgeting on a small stool against the railing. What do you mean? Eclipse said. I just can't. Not here. She dipped her head and shrunk into herself a little. Helda scooted a little closer on the floor and looked up under her hood. The dragonborn relented. Here. In this world, I mean. Dragonborn aren't, well, welcomed. Oh, Miku said with a hint of understanding. Her status as a kitsune meant she always had to shield who she truly was from the world, and was always either running or hiding because of it. If they knew who I was, the dragonborn continued, what I was, they would probably kick all of us out, and I can't let that happen. Not to you guys. Why did you want to come back to a world where you're hated? Helda asked, genuinely. Ziriel finally removed her hood and sat up defiantly. Because this is my home. It doesn't matter how many people here hate me, how many people would hunt me down with pitchforks and torches, because I know that I'll always be able to find people who will love me for who I am. Like you guys. There was a moment of silence among the party. In the common realm, for the first time, I was able to live without being afraid. But I didn't realize what I had until it was gone. There were people who could love me here. I just needed to find them. And I think I have. Well, we'll always be here and stay by your side. Even if it means we won't be accepted either. Gregory sat up and looked at Cyril. I'm sure most of us have dealt with it before. I mean, I'm a frog. I never had a chance of fitting in with society. But I found Eclipse. And then I found you all. Eclipse smiled down at her brother and smiled at him. Then affirmed his statement with a nod. The rest of the party joined in. Miku looked around her, at all her friends vowing to stay together. And then glanced back through the window at Lila in the kitchen, openly showing her true form. She opened her mouth to speak. Shall we to town, then? Helda spoke up, cutting Miku off before she could begin. She then noticed Miku, almost having spoken. Oh, I'm sorry, Miku. What were you going to say? Miku froze at all the eyes staring at her. Oh, what? Nothing. Let's just go. Helda looked a bit concerned, but shrugged and gleefully hopped down the steps off the porch. Ziriel pulled up her hood and followed, and the rest of the party walking along with her, out of the orchard and towards town. The road was lined with waist-high cobble walls, separating the orchards on either side from the road. The path was well-trodden, dirt packed down from years of travelers' footsteps. Soon, the town came into view, and the orchards squared off, leaving a strip of meadow before the town proper began. A similar cobble wall encased the buildings though there were many breaks and gaps where paths ran out into the meadow and in different directions, out to farms or small buildings. 
On the eastern side, there was a small thicket of trees that gave way into a larger wood, and on the west, they could see more orchards and farmland. The town itself seemed to be arranged in two rings, the inner sporting larger buildings and shops, and the outer being mainly small houses and other residential structures. Straight ahead, the path turned into the main road, passing through a gap in the wall and into the town. I assume that's where we should be headed, Eclipse said, pointing to the innermost ring of shops, which gave way into the circular town center where there appeared to be the largest shops and government buildings. I would assume, Miku replied. The adventurers continued down the path and passed through the gap in the wall and onto the main street. The town was busy, folks running errands, children playing, and merchants in small market stands selling all kinds of trinkets to the passing citizens and visitors. Zeriel kept her hood up, but was reassured by her friends who surrounded her, and she walked straight, allowing herself to look around at the town. When they reached the innermost ring of shops, they surveyed the wide assortment of amenities, including a tailor, blacksmith, and large town hall and messenger stage. Their eyes were drawn, however, to a large golden statue that sat upon a pedestal in the very center of the open ring. It appeared to be a depiction of a small halfling and a large orc, standing back to back and holding hands. Miku walked a bit closer and inspected the halfling, noticing the clear similarities. She looked back at Helda, who stood nearest to her, and gasped. She looked down at the small matching golden plaque and read under her breath, Helda the Gentle and Opa the Kind, Saviors of Midhaven and Defenders of Northonia. She looked one more time up at the statue, then back at their own halfling companion. Helda, I think... I think... Helda walked slowly up to Miku and grabbed her hand. She looked up at the statue, and Miku looked down at her. I'm from here. End of chapter 9 Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Narthonia Chronicles. If you're enjoying the story so far, make sure to leave a like or a rating on the podcast so others can discover it and experience the story too. If you are interested in joining our TNC Discord, check out the link in the podcast description. But, until next time, farewell, adventurers.